Hi, it's Matt, and welcome to the second series of the Cult Creator Experience, a podcast designed to share with you great digital leaders, podcasting, and content creation. I'm on a mission to help you find success through content creation. In this second series, I wanted to try something a little bit different. Series one was all about my process and sharing with you what I consider when I'm making a podcast. And that got me thinking, I wonder what people consider success in content creation. So in the second series, I'm going to go out there and find other creators. I've got 10 different stories to share with you and 10 different definitions of what success looks like from their content creation. But before we get into the show, can I just ask quickly that you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcasting app of choice so that you can keep up with all of these incredible tales of success through content and podcasting. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. In this episode of The Creator Experience, we are joined by Miko Hiskala, a PhD student and university lecturer from Finland. Now, Miko's original idea was to use podcasting as a learning tool for his students. And he went on to actually do a short course in podcast production. And it was at this point his wife, a psychologist, suggested, why don't we create a podcast about psychology? She found that the current psychology content out there wasn't great and it didn't discuss the evidence-based knowledge. So on April Fool's Day 2019, Psychopodia was launched. And it was very successful. It's had 1.2 million streams and it averages 13,000 downloads per episode. Now, just to give that some context, there's 5.5 million people in Finland and this is a Finnish spoken language podcast. In this episode, we discuss how to find relevant topics for every episode. We talk about how Miko produces a high-performing, professional-sounding educational podcast and how his podcast has developed trust from the community, talking about a very subject matter-focused podcast. It's not about the guests when he does his podcast, it's about the subject matter, which is really interesting. Now, despite Miko declaring several times he has a lack of media training and the use of a pillow fort as a studio, this show has been a huge success and receives lots of praise from the psychology industry. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Miko, thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the podcast. If we could jump straight in and start by you introducing yourself and introducing your podcast, please. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm Mikko Heiskala. I'm a PhD student at Aalto University, Helsinki, Finland. I do a lot of teaching there. And in the late 2018, me and my colleague, we started discussing and thinking about an idea that should we do a podcast for learning material for the courses and then maybe you know publishing it out for the general uh, general public as well early that next year in 2019 there happened to be just a podcast production course at the other university that i took and started talking about it at home with my wife and she <laughs> got excited about the idea of doing a podcast uh, she's a psychologist and at that time in Finnish media space, there was a lot of talk about psychological issues and phenomena, etc. But 
Um, many of those times it was not by a psychologist. Uh, I guess the worst cases were something like a unicorn crystal treatments and stuff like that, helping out people. And um, well, she was a little frustrated about that and uh, wanted to, you know, share psychological uh, knowledge and uh, scientific information to the general public. And so she'd throw out this idea of uh, oh, out in the open that should we do a podcast, you helping me yeah. uh, doing it. And, you know, first couple of episodes uh, that we recorded, edited, were actually assignments on that course. So the podcast, that's called Psychopodia in Finnish. So psychology and podcast combined together in Finnish language, basically. Uh, we deal with topics of uh, psychology uh, in a quite a wide scope. So there's uh, issues related to personal development, uh, the difficult stuff in people's lives, but also a lot about um, this kind of work and organizational psychology. That's uh, one of my wife's specialties as well. Awesome. And uh, first episode, uh, we launched that in the April, April Fool's Day in 2019. What a time to launch. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, it was kind of funny that, uh, okay, for the few friends that we had, <laughs> we have a podcast out. <laughs> uh, yeah, We're sure. Put it, putting it out on April Fool's Day. Yeah, good. Yeah. Did you launch a podcast for your PhD stuff and your courses? Uh, not not for general public. I've done uh, quite a few episodes or well, episodes or these kind of uh, educational discussions with um, my yeah. fellow colleagues and experts for the courses in, in the university. And if there happens to be any university teacher now listening, I highly recommend these as a uh, one kind of learning material as the student feedback we've got. It's been really good. Um, really? The, the main comment hand there has been that, okay, you're actually listening to a two people talking. There's a human interaction. Yeah. And that just, that inter, listening to the interaction makes a, you listen to the actual content as well. Yeah, sure. Better than just a talking head somewhere. Yeah, well, I guess with audio as well, the accessibility is there that students can be walking the dog or cleaning the house and still basically consuming the education at the same time. That's awesome. Exactly, yeah. Brilliant. So understanding, building your wife's podcast, yeah. did you understand who your audience was first or was it more of a process that she knew what she wanted to say and you would discover the audience afterwards? Uh, I think it's um, the uh, latter one. So, you know, she has she had something to say, you know, talking with experts about information you know, related to psychology, psychological topics mm. and scientific knowledge. So with people who know their stuff, yeah, basically. Yeah. So that's how we went into the, you know, what, what the content is and what it's like. Mostly. Yeah. And uh, defining the subject matter, where did she find the sort of sources for her subjects that she wanted to converse about and continue to converse about? Uh, early on, uh, well, my wife Nina, she's uh, been an active member of the uh, Finnish Psychologist uh, Union, for example, and uh, in the okay. local chapter as well, and uh, otherwise network in the field. So, okay, the first guests were, you know, people she worked with or knew about. And uh, then later on, it's been, uh, you know, after the relative success we've had, then been looking a bit more mm. elsewhere as well. But basically, you know, the, that's how we got the first people in. 
and think, looking at those topics that uh, would be would be interesting for the audience. So a couple of within the first eight episodes, there were two episodes about narcissism, okay. both in uh, relationships and then in working life. That's uh, they've wow. been quite popular. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it's well. uh, the toxic workplace and things like that. But narcissism comes into that quite a lot. And exactly. getting your guests moving forward, how did you continue to get guests? Where did you find them? Uh, I uh, set up, uh, for example, these kind of a Google alerts for certain um, keywords. Cool. You know, whenever there's a newspaper or magazine hit on the web, you can, you know, okay, what's, a, what's it about that might give you an idea about the topic? Is there mm-hmm. a knowledgeable person interviewed in there? That might be contacted as well. Mm-hmm. So that's how we've had a I know I don't remember how many pages we still have of those guests and topics. Wow! Wait, waiting in there while we are soon approaching 100 episodes now. So yeah, I saw that on Spotify. I had a listen, and um, right. yeah, I enjoyed the quality, but I had no clue what you were oh. saying, unfortunately. Thanks. Um, but it sounded great. Um, <laughs> can you describe the format of the podcast and why it is that format? All right. Um, Okay, like I said, um, kind of implied in the beginning, I really have no <laughs> formal education beyond that one five credit course at the university. So to any kind of media or communications or marketing. So basically, I copied this kind of a format from a podcast that I was listening at the time related to my work stuff. And it basically has this kind of an opening that there's a short introduction. Okay, this is the podcast. This is the topic, this is the guest, and then goes through uh, through these few of the questions that will be answers. Mm. And there's a short uh, clip from the guest in this first two minutes in mm. there. And then it's just launching into the discussion and staying, staying on the topic for the rest of the stuff uh, before there's a short outro in the end, now saying thank you, giving credits, and maybe hinting to the that should you read the episode description for the links to this and that. Yeah, nice calls to action and stuff. So I, I noticed that the episodes were sort of 30 to 40 minutes. A lot of sort of the wider educational content is often mm. hours long sometimes. Yeah. Do you purposely keep it short? We've tried some uh, that we know were going over 45 minutes and uh, you know, started to see a little bit uh, twinkling numbers in there. Really? So there's basically just trying to keep it in that, uh, that range, uh, which would be a rather common uh, commute around the Helsinki metropolitan area here. I yeah. think about half an hour gets, gets you here and there and back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least. So that's... Uh, and. We do a lot of editing and we do stay on the topic um, almost exclusively. So we don't talk about the people or these kind of a personal experiences. Mm. So we don't talk about the expert. Mm. Okay. We just dive, dive into the topic as well. So it might be uh, re- relatively more heavier than some of the educational podcasts yeah. that I myself uh, listen to. We did get this one feedback from an engineering student. As I'm in the field of engineering, I personally like this one as <laughs> quite a lot. So, yeah, he was saying that, okay, Psychopodia has the best information to time uh, ratio of wow. the Finnish podcast at the time. And uh, I think that's something we try to uh, strive for, at least at the gates. Okay, 
very much informational, very much on topic. Yeah. And even if the, you know, it's about psychology, it's about human problems, human mind, human personal development, people, people in groups, we at least make the assumption that people then can find that individual experience to relate that content that is talked about so yeah. without giving this kind of a story of a person. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so concise and to the point. I love that. And was that one of your determinants for success when you launched this podcast? What did you and your wife say success would look like? Oh, uh, we really didn't have any any kind of idea what what would entail after no. the launch. So it's basically just uh, pushing pushing it out there. Let's see if we get anybody to listen listen to it. Yeah, and the success that we have actually had. Also, in terms of numbers, have been a quite a surprise really? to us in the beginning. As um, as mentioned, we don't have I don't have any education, you know, for actually producing those podcasts. Mm. Neither of us had any kind of this kind of a social media clout or huge follower numbers in the beginning. Yeah. So, which you would assume that okay, if you have those, it's at least easier yeah. to get them to listen to new content. Yeah. You know, the last couple of years we've been regularly in the top 50 for Spotify and Apple in Finland. So, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, I think that demonstrates, doesn't it, that you, you, you referred that you've not really had the media training in the background, but mm. the purpose is there. You want to be concise with the information. You're taking the person out of it to remove, shall we say, the fluff and, you know, the personal experience, but actually to talk about the subject matter deeply. And it appears to, you know, what, what, 1.2 million streams. It's yeah, incredible. That's, uh, that's what we are at the moment, for, uh, a bit for over 1.2 million overall. And I think it's approaching 13,000 uh, 13, for... Uh, on an average episode. That's incredible. And, uh, for reference, uh, okay, Finland has 5.5 million people. That would be, I think, uh, close to what Scotland has or the yeah. state of Minnesota in the US. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's outstanding numbers. Yeah, it just demonstrates that the the core of it is the subject matter is, is the thing that's really led the, the way with this. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about how you create the content. Can you share with me your sort of pre-production process? How much effort goes in before that mic gets turned on? First thing is, you know, talking about uh, who would be the next episode or one of the future episodes to come. Uh, then contacting the person. Uh, uh, at this moment, we don't anymore have these personal uh, connections that often as in the beginning. Mm. So find, finding the, you know, contact information, getting to dis discuss about it. Would this be a interesting topic for you? Is this something that you are truly an expert on mm. so that you would uh, want to join join the show? And uh, if you get a yes, uh, then we quite often have this, um, let's say, 45-minute discussion oh, cool. with that guest to discuss about the content, what be interest, you know, the most important and interesting viewpoints from that expert's opinions, viewpoints. Mm. So with that information, we can then uh, define and develop the script, which for us is a set of questions in a certain order, Yeah. possibly some bullet points for uh, discussion points related to a question. And uh, okay, then setting up the time for the actual recording, uh, 
we do most of the recordings at home in our living room, you know, mm-hmm. back, back back around here. Wow, in the living and, room. Uh, yeah, put, putting, uh, you know, sofa cushions on the walls, so, <laughs> etc. So it doesn't look very, uh, so we do only audio. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the most uh, photographic one at the moment, but... However, it's then a rather cozy uh, environment as well for the guests to come in, to, which is... Uh, so the guests come to your home, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's nice. And uh, that, I think, help, helps a lot of these experts. As, uh, in Finnish media space, there's not that many psychologists or these experts that you know are there mm. at the moment. So that's not, not a Dr. Phil on behind every <laughs> yeah. stone that you turn. So the experts are not that um, accustomed to talk on uh, radio or podcast. Mm. So it's really important to get them uh, feel relaxed and yeah. uh, just settle into the show. Mm. But uh, okay, that's um, a bit later before actual recording. The, you ask about the pre-production. So, but basically, getting getting them in there at that point, we are you know setting setting mics in the living room. That takes a bit a bit of time. Mm. Throwing out the pillows on the walls, <laughs> and it's, 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 the things, things like that. So let's talk about the guests a little bit more, if we can. Um, do you have any repeat guests? Have you ever had anyone say no? Uh, we have had a few repeat guests. Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, one person has been on the show three, three times. Okay. I think. Uh, well, she had wrote a, a new book and a new book, and just that, and that way. And she also volunteered to come to discuss. Uh, uh, we did this kind of a short mini series during the uh, when the COVID pandemic mm. first came out. So she came on a short notice to discuss uh, a viewpoint related to that right. as well. So there has been uh, a few refusals. Uh, uh, one one was that uh, he didn't feel uh, to be the expert on the topic. Okay, honesty, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, well, it's really, I, I uh, really appreciate that when people people say that. Yeah. And uh, another one was a PhD student that we had uh, uh, scouted. We had w- watched uh, uh, the student talk on a video in YouTube about, about her topics. Mm. But uh, she then declined that, okay, she mm. didn't feel ready to talk about it and referred to some uh, other experts on the topic. No. So not many refusals then. That's that's really good. Not too many, no. And uh, some uh, one one was you know just you know too busy. Yeah, you know, a couple of cancellations there. Just... Yeah, awesome. Well, let's talk about the production then. So we've we've got all the cushions on the wall. Can you talk us through sort of how your setup is? Uh, two mics, I assume. Yeah, most of the time it's two mics. So we started out with a laptop and uh, two USB mics uh, under hundred euros. So. So basically, that's how we began in a really cheap, cheap yeah. stance, okay. which I have then got rid of because they are a pain in the <laughs> proverbial, so to speak. <laughs> Is it noisy? So, or they fall yeah, over? Yeah, and no, it's just uh, flimsy and stuff yeah. like that. It's just like a, it gets annoyed, annoying really soon if you do have to do it regularly as yeah. well. So it's investing some time to proper stance and proper... Uh, well, proper stance, I think, would be a good idea to do, and uh, shock mounts as well. Yeah. Later on, we uh, bought this uh, Roadcaster Pro. Okay, cool. Which nice. that, uh, uh, really makes a big difference mm. to the stuff that you need to do on a laptop, Mac, Mac 
to get the settings right and the USB stuff going. So it's just like plugging the stuff and start recording. Yeah. What microphones are you using now? Uh, now we have two Rodecaster uh, Procaster, so Rode, Rode Procaster Rode mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and actually, actually a third one as well, in case we have. Yeah, nice. uh, Sorry, sorry, no, no, not a third one. We have two, uh, those two cheaper mics as well that we can use. Samsung Two QU, yeah. so it's a USB oh. plus XLR. Oh, cool. Yeah, very, very capable uh, for the price. Yeah. No, well, your podcast sounds great. Um, so how long do you record for? You, you bring it, I know you edit it down to 30 to 40 minutes, but how long is the session normally? Uh, I think uh, it's very, very rarely we get more than an hour of tape, mm. but uh, it typically is uh, more tape than, okay, ends up on the discussion content-wise as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, just not counting uh, cleaning out the uh, lip smacks, et cetera. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there is a uh, ex- extra stuff there, and uh, quite often in the end of the discussion, we might, you know, ask, uh, or often ask, and always ask, was there something else that yeah, you nice. think was important? Was there something that should be retaken? Mm. And uh, as my wife is uh, running the show and yeah. doing the interview in the flow, quite often during during the discussion, uh, I'm trying to make notes. Mm. Uh, at this, uh, the time as well, so okay. So quite often it's something. It's something that I might bring up. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's brilliant that you asked that at the end. I think a lot of podcasters will waste that opportunity that because you know you're going to edit, uh, especially if it's audio only. You've got the opportunity to splice things in. How often does someone say, actually, there is something I want to add? Yeah, um, not always, but I think it's uh, actually at least half half of the time. Mm. So it's uh, some, you know, okay, the discussion flows here and there, and they might have an idea to, it's often, and of course there's often also this, as it's edited, we can Mm. stop at any time, uh, do this kind of a meta discussion of what to include here, should we go that way, would this be a good question here to get that point on, on the board? so to speak. Well, that takes us nicely into the post-production side of things. Can you talk me through sort of your editing process, how long it takes you, what kind of things you're looking for in the edit? All right. Uh, typically, especially now after reading this uh, Eric Nuzum's uh, book about uh, Make Noise, an excellent book for any anyone uh, interested in podcasting. Mm. So maybe we can add that into the we'll links drop it in the show notes, have. Yeah. Show notes. Uh, so I usually first, so that it's a, I have a multi-track editor in Hindenburg, Hindenburg journalist. I basically go through the questions because it's a question, answer, question, answer uh, all the time. So mm. I splice it by question and I name them A, B, C, D, E, and so on with a short um, this kind of a uh, you know what 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 the question is what topic is discussed mm. in that section, so that leaves me this kind of a note of what what this audio is about, mm. which uh, then makes it much more easier to move things around in the end. So you have an idea where this was from, what is it about, mm. etc. And uh, okay, after doing that, uh, you might have an idea of. Uh, was there something to take out 
or leave it aside. Mm. And of course, the next step typically then is just go, uh, which happens at the same time to this ABCD, is cutting out the fluff, you know, the meta talk and leave it, uh, leave it aside. Yeah. Then Hindenburg, if there was something useful, useful about what should be there and why a question was asked. Mm. Getting out the, you know, the not needed stuff and then moving on to this kind of a content editing. Should we move things around a bit? Yeah. Uh, taking out these bigger, bigger sections. And finally, I usually do this uh, cleaning out uh, too loud uh, breathing, lip yep. smack, ums, ums. Yeah, the hygiene tota, pass. Yeah, yeah the, this uh, tota noin niin kuin finish kind of stuff. That's usually yeah. <laughs> different kind of filler, filler words there. Mm. Okay, I usually do the mixing or this kind of a equalizing and that stuff uh, first out. let gives me an idea of how it sounds yeah. uh, out of the box already. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I'm interested in the content editing. If you have an answer that you feel is too long, are you curating that answer slightly? Yeah, and uh, often a lot as well. We might splice in uh, a different... Uh, an answer that deals... or content that deals with the question from another part of the episode to a question. Yeah, cool. So we do that kind of um, a- editing, yeah. definitely, as we uh, see and we see that's, you know, getting the content out there. Yeah. You guys really put in the effort to make sure that it's, you know, worth listening to, there's no fluff. How yeah. long does the editing process take you? Uh, depends. <laughs> Can take a lot, <laughs> a lot of while if you have... if. We sometimes have even three guests. That's um, not not too many episodes. But okay, if there's two two guests, it tends to get uh, take longer as mm. well. There's a lot a lot of them. What would I say? Um, it's difficult to get it. Uh, let's say uh, if we if we have an hour of tape, be done with that uh, in less than four hours. Especially yeah. if there's. This content editing stuff is the one that takes the longest time. Yeah, definitely. So if there's need to restructure it, make it more clear, that that starts to get um, take time. Mm. Well, four hours seems reasonable. Um, yeah, and like I say, the content editing stuff is it, it's always difficult because you need to hear it in context. So there's lots of listening and making decisions, whereas the sort of the fluff editing, getting rid of the lip smacks and uh, sort of the meta discussion, that's easy to chop and it just shuffles down. But whether something really hits the mark or not is another matter. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk about your audience now. How, where and when do you engage your audience? Uh, that engagement, I think, is something we are 40-something. is not uh, that digital natives. Um, so we do have social media mm. uh, presence in Facebook and Instagram my, uh, with, the, uh, with the podcast name. Mm-hmm. And then my wife has her own um, professional Twitter and LinkedIn accounts. Mm. But, um, that's more often than uh, discussing those work and organizational psychology stuff. Yeah. On that side there... I think this is something that we could improve, definitely. And then it's just this question of uh, how to spend your time. Yeah. This is still uh, very much in this kind of a hobby time box yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it takes a, it's a, you know, an interesting, fun hobby that you can learn a lot from and lo- learn a lot in, but still in a 
uh, this kind of a time box. Yeah, yeah. So this social media side is something that I think we could, with the time, yeah, uh, it is all about the time, isn't it? Side. Yeah, and then you're sort of putting in roughly sort of ten hours an episode by the looks of things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, finding that time for social media growth is is difficult. Do you have? Uh, does your audience get in touch with you at all? Do you get emails or people commenting on your social media platforms? Yeah, we do get some. Uh, it's not not it's not a lot, mm. uh, and it's always nice to get feedback. Uh, mm. We do have uh, this kind of a feedback form on the podcast website uh, where people, you know, sometimes drop in hints for guests or yeah, nice. Uh, just uh, anonymous feedback. Yeah. Oh, is it anonymous? So you do, can't give can't give people the nod. Yeah, the feedback form is uh, anonymous if they don't want to leave their emails or anything like that as well. Uh, because some some of the topics are such that people just don't want to uh, yeah. give, give their names. Of course. Um, my wife gets uh, you know some contacts from her colleagues or doctors or mm. people in the field that uh, they've been recommending the some of the episodes yeah. for their patients or cl- clients, which is... I think also very nice to hear and uh, and kind of I think gives an indication of this uh, that we have established some level of trustworthiness yeah for people in the treatment uh, professions yeah to recommend these episodes slowly building that community vibe yeah so what's next for the podcast what do you see in the future um yeah, this is again, I guess, something that we haven't discussed that much about. I think uh, we'll. <laughs> Testing so you now. I th- yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I think we'll be going, uh, continue doing this uh, as long as it stays fun and it's, mm. it's good for us. Yeah, uh, it's fun, fun for us. And um, okay, it's helped my wife. Uh, it was never a problem to get her work uh, calendar full yeah. before the podcast, so it's still full. Yeah. She might might have been able to switch some of the hours to more, you know, maybe getting a bit more this kind of training or speaking opportunities. Yeah. So have those come from the podcast? Has she got more engagement opportunities because of the podcast? Yeah, I think uh, that's a fair thing to say. So she also wrote, co-wrote her first nonfiction book just uh, early this year and uh, yeah. landed this kind of a column spot in the main uh, uh, business magazine or oh, business wow. newspaper in Finland. So there's a week, weekly column there that also gets some uh, post, posts in there. A mm. couple of, well, they have a few magazines that are dealing with the same topic. So Yeah, well, that, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a yeah, great, thanks. great outcomes from a podcast. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I think we'll also uh, wish this hasn't, been spoken at the, this uh, commercial side. Mm. So rather soon on the spring of 2020, uh, we partnered with this uh, one Finnish company that uh, represents podcasts and is basically selling a chair mm-hmm. uh, in our podcast. So basically uh, companies pay to be a, be a guest on the show okay. as well. So yeah. uh, then we uh, do uh, some revenue sharing with them. Okay. And as we do talk about that timing ish time issue for us, mm. that's this kind of um, networking and cooperation is really helpful. So because it's 
how much time it would take to do those calls and discussions, etc. Yeah. It's definitely something that we wouldn't be putting our time into ourselves. Do they sort out sponsors as well? Do you have, have you ever had any sponsors? Uh, we don't have any this kind of uh, advertisement sponsors or these kind of things. Mm. Basically, we've only done this, uh, you know, paying to be on the show chair. Mm. That's nice. That's interesting. And it's, uh, I think it's a really nice working model. They have partnership with uh, quite a few others, uh, Finnish podcasts that are doing well, especially in this kind of uh, information. So it's this kind of a B2B more. So it's yeah not selling a you know, lipstick or uh, no, no sneakers or something like that. It's, But do you think that the subject matter doesn't lend itself to have your typical podcast advert? Yeah. Uh, Doesn't really fit. That's a good question. Mm. That's a good question. I haven't really put in thought into that. It might be that some of the topics uh, we've just uh, discussed, uh, domestic abuse, alcohol abuse. Uh, okay. Yeah, not relevant. And even sexual, sexual violence and having and then having a uh, certain kind of advertisement there, I think. Yeah, would be, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it is, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You've got to represent your audience and are they going to want an advert on there if you can keep them out and it's better for the audience because you put so much attention into your listeners experience an advert probably tarnish it maybe maybe and uh for the commercial uh, episodes that we've done it's this uh, of course for for them it's this content part again but basically for us uh the process doesn't really differ We spend no. a little bit more time maybe discussing the topic uh, because as the guests might come from the company or the firm or the organization. So mm. not um, as clearly, you know, okay, this is something that we want to do directly, okay, that we have had this idea in mind. So a bit more time goes into planning planning and discussing the content so that it's uh, worthwhile for our listeners. Mm. And do you give the content to them to distribute on their own platforms or is it just through your distribution? Uh, not as a, uh, this kind of a, so that they could um, have the file and the player on their own own website, etc. So it would be then linking to, for example, the Apple podcast uh, embedded player that they provide or the Spotify one or linking, linking to our website where the podcast is. Yeah. No, I just wondered if you're still getting the analytics from all of the views and listens as opposed to giving someone the content and they publish it on their stream or their website and you don't get that analytics. But no, that all sounds awesome. Miko, this has been fantastic. It's really interesting the amount of detail that you put into curating and creating your podcast. Oh, well, But you. before we go, I want to ask you a few ritual questions, if that's all right. Oh, well, let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> What content or podcasts inspire you and why? Oh, that's, uh, that's a good one. I do listen and appreciate a lot of the work that a uh, few podcasts uh, that the uh, Finnish broadcasting company, YLE, Ule does. They are, they've been this kind of a similar formats that we have. So there's a host and then a uh, changing guests and talking about the topic and getting deep into the topic. These are mm. usually one hour long. And of course, having this uh, journalist background and, uh, and the education, they get really deep into those stuff. That uh, That's something uh, I think we would aspire to do, given the time and resources to do yeah. those. 
Always time and resources. Yeah, it? and uh, there's a couple of ones uh, in English, English uh, related to all you know the same topic fields and psychology. That uh, there's uh, hidden brain, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, globally doing rather well, and then one by the Australian ABC, yeah, which is the All in the Mind, which is then uh, half okay. an hour. Uh, yeah. Both of these are these more more for these kind of uh, narrative ones. Mm. or mix of narrative and uh, interviewing and uh, yeah. production value is pretty good I think as well so those I would mention maybe in uh, my context and our podcast context yeah yeah that's awesome for you what is the hardest part of podcasting okay I think now the most time consuming thing at least is uh, in the content editing part so if things need to move around a lot then it starts to get uh, time-consuming, and sometimes you have other life as well, <laughs> mm. <laughs> almost, <Yeah. laughs> most of the time. So it, uh, there might be some uh, some of the times, okay, okay, now let's get a, uh, a lot of time to sp- be spent on that uh, or on this. But yeah. uh, that's basically mostly planning, planning mm. things around, and uh, without any surprises, it usually goes rather nicely. Yeah, nice. Yeah, at first it was about uh, nervousness, and uh, mm. yeah, I mentioned those two uh, practice episodes we did for the course, and uh, I was the one doing the int- intro mm. in those, and we decided to skip that rather fast because it was taking so long to get it right. <laughs> so, really? so maybe, maybe so at first it's about getting past the nervousness thing and you know just relaxing into it. Yeah. So I think um, I, when I go back to some of the older episodes. My wife has a natural talent for this, for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, of course, in the beginning, uh, she was a bit more, more nervous as well and more, yeah, yeah, less less relaxed than she is now. I think everyone eases into yeah. it, especially the number of episodes you've done. I yeah, expect yeah. her to be an expert now. She sounds great. Yeah. Uh, what keeps you and your wife accountable for your podcast? What keeps you going? Um, I think it has to be, you know, each and you know, me and her, and to me and to her. And mm. vice versa, I think this is uh, what we do together. This is what we like and love to do together nice. and for the audience as well. And getting those feedbacks that I, I mentioned the tech student earlier, mentioning mm. about that signal to noise ratio. Yeah. He also wrote that some of the episodes that we have done, uh, I think uh, he says something to the tune of, you know, these uh, save lives in the student population about, you know, People stressing too much about the study, so this kind of a self-compassion, uh, yeah. taking a bit more easier on yourself, uh, and these kind of uh, topics. So, getting that kind of feedback and uh, yeah, what one small change did you make to your podcasting process that made a huge difference? Uh, scrapping GarageBand, so the free Mac, <laughs> <laughs> Mac one that we, we did the first 20 episodes with uh, you know, the laptop and just Garage GarageBand, so the, uh, mm. the free pro, pre-program on the on Mac and uh, switching to Hindenburg in the editing process. Hindenburg re- works really well for me and just doing the audio editing and we don't need uh, bells and whistles in uh, lots of the other audio content editing tools that I think they are yeah it's much more intuitive much more faster than mm. garage band and I, I would assume that would apply also even if i had began with the uh, audacity or, or something like that yeah yeah 
But I think they've all got their sort of limitations. Even when you pay the big bucks, I use Pro Tools, which is expensive, but it's still got its limitations. And I know that Hindenburg does some great stuff that that app doesn't do. What advice would you give to a new content creator or someone that's on the fence at the moment as to whether to start a podcast? Um, Start doing it. Start doing it if, uh, especially on content that you are personally interested in. Mm. For us, of course, it was my wife's interest uh, at first, uh, but then you know I've now done now ninety episodes and editing yeah. and going over them for quite a lot. So I think I could you know at least bluff my way to <laughs> yeah. a dinner conversation with just about anybody, other than yeah. psychologists on the topics as well. So. Uh, start doing it, uh, you will learn a lot. And uh, yeah. do it, it on the stuff that you are interested about. Yeah, that's I great think advice. That's something it keeps you going. Yeah, definitely. What three values do you want your content to be known for? I think this uh, kindness, integrity, mm-hmm. and respect for the knowledge of the experts as well. So yeah. I think these apply also to the listeners and also to the experts that come to the show as well. Uh, those are, uh, the experts are, okay, the content comes from them, so it needs to work mm. for them. It needs to be a good place to come. They need to be feel respected and uh, they need to know that their expertise will come out uh, the best possible way. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's integrity right there, isn't it? Really representing the guest all the way through to the listener and your process of creating great content. Yeah. That's awesome. And my final question is, for you, what do you think makes a good leader? I think a good leader serves the people that he or she leads. Need to give them goals and then tools and resources to achieve them and then getting out of the way of good people. So just supporting them, pushing them, not micromanaging and this kind of stuff. And ensuring that the environment that they are working in is uh, psychologically safe. That's what I've learned Mm. from the podcast as well. (laughs) So you can disagree on stuff and you can, you know, be strongly disagreeing, but doing it in an environment that's, you know, safe and everybody can make mistakes as well and talk about the mistakes as well. Brilliant. And uh, then you need to, as a leader, be know when to make decisions. Mm. So when to make decisions, what's the correct time? Do you need more information? Mm. When have you waited long enough or waited so long as you can? to make the decision. Sometimes they need to be made. And of course, leaders, uh, if they start to be faced with uh, easy decisions from below, then something is wrong. (laughs) So because those should be solved, uh, you know, by somebody else before they end up on her desk as well. Wow. Great answer. I love that. And so much of that is reflected in your content. This is the reason I have that question at the end there because it normally translates and it helps to show people that podcasters are digital leaders. They are you know, leading by example and they're, they're setting the tone for everyone that's involved and that listens. Well, Miko, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your content creator experience. Um, was there anything else that you'd like to add today? Um, 
not, I don't think I've, it's been a blur. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, <laughs> it's been a little bit nervous for me as well. It's not something I do regularly at all. And especially no, you've not, been in a great na- guest. not in my Thank native you. language as well. So my pleasure to be here. Thanks much for having me. Thank you. And that is the end. Thank you for listening to the Cult Creator Experience. I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions, topics, or feedback you would like to give me, hit me up on Instagram at cult.media, K-U-L-T dot media. And if you need help launching your podcast, growing your podcast, or just starting your content creation journey, let me know. I'd love to give you a hand or answer any questions you might have. Head over to cult.media to book yourself a free call. We can have a little powwow about podcasting and content. And until next time, be good.